Welcome to the Brand Party Podcast. I'm your host, Christine from CL Designs. If you know me, execution and getting shit done is my middle name. This podcast will energize you to invest in your brand in new ways. Join me for tips, insights, and actions you can take to make your brand a priority in your business. My guests and I deliver honest, to-the-point advice you can implement right away. Your brand is worth celebrating. It can be fun, and I'll show you how. Let's get this party started. Jessica Hamilton is a social media event coverage professional and Instagram queen, helping cutting-edge conferences and large-scale events create major FOMO to sell out every single time. Well, thanks so much, Jessica, for joining the Brand Party Podcast today. It's such a pleasure having you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited. Thanks. Well, I wanted to dive into how Brand Party resonates with you. Brand Party is all about bringing confetti in real life and online and in real life. But like, I love that people have the opportunity to learn from you and create a brand that actually is bold and represents who they are. And they get to be the host of their own party, which I really actually love. Mm. And so they can have their clients RSVPing to them. That feels like a party to me every time. Mm, I like that. I never worded it like that, but it, that feels good. Yeah. Maybe that's going to make a comeback somewhere. <laughs> so thank you. I feel like, yeah, you got to kind of be a host and you got to be the hostess with the mostest. And how do you do that? Unless people learn that 360 view from you. Yeah. And what would you say to people who feel really overwhelmed by their branding and design challenges right now? Oh, get help. Please. <laughs> This is like an interesting thing because I think as people who are starting out in business, there's a tendency to do everything yourself, you're bootstrapping, and that's fine while you kind of try and figure things out. But once you've figured it out, get an expert to help you because you will waste so much time and energy just doggy pedaling and you can't doggy pedal your way to 100k. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> Just popping out the phrases today. I know. These are going to be the best moments. <laughs> She's dropping all the truth bombs here. <laughs> and so we obviously all love Instagram, but it can feel like a love-hate relationship sometimes. Mm-hmm. Bling it on the algorithm and everything else except yourself. But why do you feel like Instagram is the place to be? Or how can we figure out which platform is the best place to show up for our own niche audience? Oh, that's great. I'm really glad you said that because Instagram isn't for everybody and it's fun to blame the algorithm sometimes, but honestly, it really comes back to your content and how you're showing up for your audience. If your audience isn't there, it really isn't the place for you. And you have to know that you have to know your audience. And if you haven't done any background on understanding what problem you're solving or who you're talking to, you may not have success there. But if you have found that your ideal audience is there then I think it's really important to set yourself up for success and more love than hate by being really conscious in the decision you make about your content and who you're talking to and being conscious of the time and the attention that you spend there with the way you comment or the way you participate in growing your own community like you have. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I learned from you. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But yeah, I think we don't need to spend eight plus hours every day on there and just giving yourself permission that you can be intentional and just even if you spend like eight intentional minutes versus like eight hours of mindless scrolling then it's gonna move the needle forward so much faster yeah it's gonna have a way bigger impact choosing to be there to show up for people rather than that scrolling like you talked about and i think you've seen that as much as you say you've learned from me like you have been a great example in showing up for a community and being there for them and really attracting great people towards you with oh, the work that you thanks. do. Yeah, well, I mean, it's in it's in your name in itself. Like Connection Collective is like being able to actually, even though you might start online, to be able to take it offline equally and have that relationship still nurtured and understanding there's actually a human behind all these things <laughs> and not just uh, all the bots that we see unfortunately yeah. but as important as it is to show up online you know that's kind of the brilliance of being able to live out your brand 360 in a way so for those of us who don't know what professional event coverage is can you break that down for us and why we actually need it Thanks for asking me that question. So many good questions today. So uh, professional event coverage is using the power of social media live in the moment to tell the story of your event to the people at home. So often events will repost user-generated content or try and post every single thing that's happening at the event and the audience at home doesn't care about seeing everything. They wanna know why should they come next time? Their eyes are checking it out. Is this right for me? And if you give them that story, they are so much more likely to buy a ticket next time versus showing them everything. So it's about using this as a marketing opportunity to really bring people in when their eyes are already on you versus later down the road, you release your photos or your videos from the event, which are also important marketing materials. But we have a much greater opportunity in 2020 and beyond to really use the power of social media to connect with people. Mm-hmm. So I think as much as people think first sometimes uh, that your brand and the visuals need to communicate the marketing side of things, you make a good point that it's also equally like your messaging and being present in that moment to showcase that experience almost and that can get left out oftentimes and just like bombarded by yeah, yeah all these like photos and stuff of people that you don't even know on there and like why is this relevant to me almost yes and you um, skip through if it's not if you don't if the person who's doing the event coverage hasn't thought about why this is relevant to the audience or their ideal audience at home they're going to skip through they're not going to pay attention and get the moment to see maybe something magical that you post because they're going to skip to the next person's story mm-hmm or there's like a lot of like that ant thing that you were talking about, I think, before about there's way too many and you're not going <laughs> to scroll through and figure out where that magic moment is. Right. I love when people post like a hundred stories of an event and like literally I've counted before and seen like a hundred and I was like, the fact that you think people care enough to watch a hundred stories of whatever's happening just tells me a lot about your maybe... And I, I'm not throwing shade, but it's like you haven't thought about it. Like you just mm-hmm. got caught up in the moment rather than planning ahead and really using this moment to share and connect with people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that goes into your social strategy as well, specifically for events, like having that intention and planning beforehand. But uh, what is something that often gets overlooked or forgotten to that we should actually consider or implement? 
inner social social strategy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's there's so many things. There's so many things. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing I think is not realizing that there is a human being on the other side of the screen, and not talking to that person, not solving their problems, not speaking directly to that one ideal client. Um, we often see people making it about themselves and what they do, which is their amazing work, and we love to see that too. But when it comes to marketing, you're always thinking about how is this person actually solving my problem? And if they're not, then we don't care. So the biggest thing that people are missing, I think, in social strategy is who is my audience and am I actually speaking to them, solving their problems, and thinking about why they would care about what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So when we're starting out, it can be really lean and mean to just keep things nice and tight, whether it's financially or we just don't have enough time because we're still working a day job or we are exhausted by the time we get home at night um, or even in the middle of the day because you want a siesta. But <laughs> what are some key differentiators to consider when choosing to DIY versus hiring an expert for our social media and event coverage? I think this applies not just to social media and event coverage. I think this applies to branding. I think it applies to website design. I think it applies to a lot of moments when we decide our business is worth investing in. And the, that difference between DIY and choosing an expert, it, I think it happens after a bit of trial and error, a bit of working with customers and kind of seeing what's happening, um, what we're actually solving. Like when I started my business, I'm way different uh, in the services that I provide compared to now and I I'm passionate about different things and helping different people than I was when I first started so it takes some time to figure it out once you feel like you figured it out it's no longer time to DIY you really need to focus on getting yourself out there presenting yourself as someone who is reliable and trustworthy and someone that is fun to work with and is going to help people with the specific problem that you solve. The other challenge is there's tons of people who offer social media. There's mm-hmm. tons of people who offer event coverage in the form of video and photography. So how do I differentiate myself as an expert? And for me, that comes with investing in yourself, investing in your business, I should say, but giving yourself the time and energy back that you would normally be using to DIY. It can be really easy when you haven't invested before to say, I'll just keep doing it myself. And there's a point, like you said, kind of, especially if you're still nine to fiving or you are trying to hustle, you're trying to make that money to get to a point where you can siesta in the afternoon or get to the point where you can feel like you're an official business that you're like, I'm not ready to invest yet. And you kind of have to take the leap of faith before you're ready. Mm -hmm. because it will pay off for sure and so okay if people have decided that they're going to invest in themselves in their business like you said there's so many choices out there of like who you could work with but how do you personally narrow down say if you need help with I don't know something specific like how do you know this is the right person for you or right company to help you in your next step this is hard I think this can take a lot of time and energy too because we want to make sure especially when it's those first few investments that we're putting our money in the right place. Uh, There's so many more things to be scared about that are mostly in our heads. Like they're not real life scary. 
no one is jumping out from under a bed or, you know, there's no monsters in our closet, we hope. But there's, I think someone that makes us feel comfortable is really important. Someone who can answer our questions, someone who maybe we've seen um, showing up with a lot of value and sharing tips or we kind of have a sense of their style. It doesn't necessarily mean, sometimes it's hard to judge from other brand projects they've done. Like I don't like to make decisions necessarily based on a portfolio that I see. I make decisions based on people. So do we vibe as a person, as a person, as people together? Can we get along? Do I like you? And if I like you, I think the next step is also like getting on a phone call with people. I used to be really afraid of that because I didn't want to be sold to. I wasn't ready to invest, so I didn't want to get on phone calls with people and then have to say no. But now when I'm ready to invest in something, a phone call is so important because it brings up any red flags, I can ask any questions and not waste either of our time because if it's not a good fit, you want to be able to say, you know, thanks and I'm heading on my way. So don't be afraid to book calls, especially if people offer them for free. It's a great time to get some clarity and not just try and think it out in your head. Mm-hmm. Action over thought. Always. <laughs> that is, Christine has taught me that so many times over. It's like get out of your head and into taking action. It will create momentum for you. Yeah. Even if you, like you said, you don't need to make a choice right away. Yes. You can make it down the road, uh, down the road or yeah. what feels good to you at whatever time, but at least you're moving the yeah needle forward for what feels good. But it's not always easy to put yourself out there, whether it's on social or in real life. But what's one reminder that you want the listeners to take away as they step into the best version of themselves? So you're a big effing deal, I think is something that people need to know. So often, especially if you work by yourself, you're in that day-to-day moment, you're by yourself all the time, you don't get always the most positive feedback. People maybe aren't telling you every day what a great job you do. But going out and creating something for the world is brave and it's an impact that maybe you don't feel yet but you are a big freaking deal so that's the moment i want you to own especially when you're doubting yourself when you're not sure where to go next um and create a network of people who truly care about you and come to them when you need help What's been some of the experience with investing in yourself and business to amplify your results? Because obviously there's a lot of things that you've trialed and errored, but some things stick, some things are like throwing spaghetti at the wall. Oh man, there's been so much throwing. Throwing spaghetti, I've thrown chocolate chip cookies, I've thrown chocolate milk, so much chocolate. Thrown donuts and pizza at the wall. So (laughs) what sticks? I think what's important for investing in myself, I invested in a coach, which is where we strengthened our friendship, which I'm forever grateful for. And that taught me a lot. It also taught me like what I want to focus on next. And it's not always about, we're not always able to invest in everything right away, especially if we don't have this kinds of business that we can ask for uh, funding from like angel investors or anything like that. And you kind of have to stage what's the next most important thing to have you stand out or to get that return on investment. I see investment in three categories, time, energy, and money. And I've invested some time and energy into an accelerator that I'm in right now that has been really helpful and I'm really grateful for the other people who have invested their time and energy into being there to support us. I've gone through your challenge, which was Mm -hmm. a freaking eye-opener on 
where I shouldn't be investing my time and energy, which I think is really, really important also. It's not just about where you do invest in yourself, it's where you're deciding I'm not investing, I'm not gonna continue investing in doing my own branding because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. So for me, my next step is working with you to new website, new brand, and really show up in the way that I already am, but need the world to see that. So I'm choosing not to invest in creating my own like Canva logo because that's not a good use of my time as a business owner. It's great investments. And then there's also the reminder of like, I'm not going to invest in using my energy to do that anymore. And that's been a big clarity, I think, for my business. And when you get there as business owners, you have those moments too where you're like, I just need someone else to do this for me. And then it's just figuring out how do I get to make that happen. I feel like in this conversation, I've really like been, sometimes I come off a little tough love, like you should invest and you should do this. And I think there's understanding yourself and where you are in that moment. Because early on in my days as being a business owner, I was easily swayed by seeing these conversations because I wanted to be like somebody else, but I wasn't ready. And once you know you're ready, you know, and at that point you really have maybe some harder decisions to make because you have to stage these investments in yourself. You can't always do it all at once like you want to. So even though I've been like, hire an expert, do your thing, find the right people, it's a lot to do and it takes time. So I think being kind to yourself sometimes, don't give yourself too much of a break because you'll get lazy, but like you will. <laughs> but honoring, priorities. Yeah, and honoring that doesn't happen overnight and really reminding yourself it can take time and you can pace it. We want the results already, but progress, the journey is really where you learn so many things. That is a necessary part of the process. Make the mistakes, screw up, learn things, have it take the time that you need it to take. Don't be too hard on yourself. Forward is still progress. 1%, you always say, what's the 1%, right? Move that needle yeah. forward. Yeah, even if you improve it by 1% each time. That's all that matters. Just keep going. Choo-choo, get on the train. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to dive into some rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? Uh, yes. <laughs> what are you currently celebrating? I'm wearing my I'm a luxury if you can afford sweater, so I'm celebrating myself. I'm celebrating great friendships, and I am celebrating growth. And what's the one thing that you want people to have fun with from this episode? I want people to feel like they have confetti falling around them all the time and that it can be fun, that you can have fun in your business, in your everyday life. I think there's a lot of hustle and grind culture still and I know that I am kind of always fighting against that and trying to bring confetti to my everyday, party to my everyday and sometimes you just got to literally put on some dance music and create that party for yourself. So I hope people walk away and do that right after this. <laughs> <laughs> this is your permission to dance it out. Right? I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out to join in on the fun on the Brand Party Podcast, Jessica. Where can people find out more about you? Thanks for having me, Christine. It's been a blast. You can find me on Instagram. That's my favorite place to be. It's at Connection Collective Co. And we'll continue the party there. Enjoy the Brand Party? Leave a rating and review to share the fun we've had. Until next time, 